Hey guys, Owen here. And Michelle too. Oh good, you can help me with a disclaimer. Oh yeah, we weren't going to say that we aren't experts in any of the subjects we cover. We are just fans, having fun, being nerdy, you know. Exactly, and also that there's always the potential for spoilers and coarse language. Sorry. Our listeners should keep that in mind. Thanks so much for listening and we, we hope, hope you enjoy. enjoy. Hey everybody, it's Michelle here. I just wanted to give a little heads up at the beginning of this episode, uh, A Fright to Remember. We gave out a little bit of a shout out to a new podcast called Dark Veil uh, by our friends John and Tori. And I accidentally made the mistake of saying that it was going to release tomorrow in the podcast, but I actually meant that it was going to release yesterday, as our podcast comes out every Tuesday and theirs is coming out every Monday. So by the time you listen to our podcast, their first episode should already be down or up or wherever on the interwebs that you can listen to. So anyway, I just wanted to give that little correction because I don't want people to like miss out on listening to the first episode thinking that it's not out yet. All right. Thanks, everyone. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Little Nerdy. I'm Michelle. And I'm her co-host, Owen. And today we're going to be talking about horror movies. Ooh, scary. (laughs) And today on the subject, our big nerd is going to be Michelle. Yay! So that means you're our little nerd. Awesome. (laughs) Also, really quick before we get started, we just wanted to let you guys know about a new podcast that should have its first episode coming out tomorrow. Yeah, it's done by our friends John and Tori. Yeah, it's called Dark Veil, and it's, if you guys are into true crime, or the unsolved, then we definitely suggest checking it out. It's going to, it sounds like it's going to be kind of creepy, kind of... Spooky. Yeah, everything that you'd want in an awesome podcast, so definitely, if you guys want to check it out, um, it should be coming out on all the major podcasts pretty soon. All right, now, let's get into the thick of it. So... Uh, I know a lot of people, they have uh, some very uh, fond memories of horror movies, sometimes good, sometimes not good. Uh, I know a lot of people, such as myself, after seeing a horror movie, sometimes being afraid to go to the washroom in the middle of the night because something might be behind the door, something might be behind the shower curtain, or even under the bed. Ugh, under the bed, that's the one that's always freaked me out. Yeah, and sometimes even looking in the mirror can be creepy. Oh, yeah, I can't look at reflective surfaces at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's been some good movies using reflective surfaces. Um, so, I guess the big question to start off with uh, for the big nerd would be, what is your favorite horror movie? Okay, so my favorite horror movie comes from the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. It's actually the third one. So that's Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors. Yep. And I gotta say, call me a dork, call me a nerd. Part of the reason it's my favorite has to do with the song at the beginning, done by Dokken, or Dokken, depending on how you pronounce it, but the Dream Warriors song. Oh, yeah. That is some hardcore 80s rock right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I especially love the part at the very end of it when, uh, in the music video, when Freddy goes, what a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. all the things for Freddy to say, right? Well, and especially because he, I think he's definitely getting frustrated with them and their music. But let me tell you, to this day, I still listen to that song. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, some classics, you know, they just uh, never die out. They sure don't. But honestly, another reason why that's my favorite horror movie is uh, just the story behind it. Um, yeah, because that's the movie three, so they've had a pretty well-established uh, lore by then, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they had had their two previous movies, and they had gone into some of the lore of Freddy and whatnot. And in this one... Uh, he's actually terrorizing... He's not even on Elm Street, really, anymore. <laughs> he's terrorizing kids in, like, a mental institution. Yeah, or asleep. Weren't they living in uh, on Elm Street? Or they had relations with people to, like, uh, live on Elm Street? Uh, yeah, I think some of them were from Elm Street previously, but they had all kind of ended up in this... this inst- I don't know if it was a mental institution or, like, a sleep I think it was an issue. insane... I'm pretty sure it was an insane asylum, and... Uh, maybe Freddy's just kind of like an airborne, uh, disease type thing where it's like, you know, you come into contact with somebody who has the Freddy virus and you'll, uh, you'll catch the Freddy virus in your dreams. Kind of like something going on nowadays, but let's not get it too topical with that. Yeah, no, let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's possible, but definitely I know, I think the main character in that one, I think her name is Crystal, if I remember correctly. I think she's definitely from Elm Street. Yeah, so sounds like a very 80s, you know, teenage girl name. Yeah, and I think a couple of the other people, at least in the film, they they were from Elm Street, too, or they had already previously kind of fought Freddy in, like, one of the pre- previous films. So they weren't going in blind. They knew what to expect as soon as they realized Freddy was there. Yeah, they kind of knew what to expect. I don't know if that necessarily helped them or not, but... You know, they at least knew that they were what they were kind of up against, yeah, and stuff and whatnot. But I definitely really enjoyed that one. I found just the acting in it, the story behind it. Uh, Robert England, I mean, he was always spot on in all of them, but definitely, yeah, <laughs> you know, got to give him lots of props because he is and always will be the Freddy Krueger. The Freddy Krueger. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I can't remember the name of the actor who did the remake. Yeah, version of Freddy. He did a good job. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, it's like comparing apples to oranges, really. Yeah, it's one of those things where, uh, because there had been, like, what, seven movies, I think, before the new one came out? Or the new actor, uh, instead of Robert England playing Freddy, came out, and it was like, you know, it almost felt like weird, it, it was the same thing, but it just didn't feel right with not Robert England playing the man of your dreams. No, <laughs> exactly. Robert England is definitely the man of my nightmares. <laughs> and stuff. So, yeah, for sure. I definitely have a huge appreciation for him as Freddy. Um, which I'm sure people feel that way about other film franchises as well. If you look at It, there are some people who... Tim Curry is the clown. Yeah, Tim... Pennywise, and you cannot tell people otherwise, right? Yeah, because... Um... There's a lot of movies that Tim Curry has been in, but the one I most remember him as is It, the Clown. And that that clown was just horrifying. I remember seeing that as a young teen and thinking, oh my god, what, what, what do you do against something like this? And just all the... And of course, I mean, this was also done in the 80s, and it was based off a Stephen King book. So... Uh, you know, there there was limitations to what they wanted to do versus what they could do nowadays. But you got to give them credit for a lot of the things that they did do. Well, and just quickly, 
going back to Nightmare on Elm Street, I just want to point out that that was also done in the 80s, but there was actually a scene from the first film that I will fight tooth and nail anyone who wanted to say differently, that I thought that their real way of doing it was much better than the CGI way that they did it in the remake. So in the original film, Nancy's sleeping in a bed, and Freddy kind of pushes his way through the wall, but he's still behind the wall. Yeah, right? he's trying to break through to reality. Kind of, yeah, right, and stuff, and or break through to her dream, maybe. Like, maybe she's about to start dreaming, so he's trying to come through. And then she wakes up, and so he disappears back into the wall. And I know how they did that, because I watched a documentary on it. Yeah. But it was very, like, there was no CGI to it or anything like that back in the 80s. Then you come to the remake, and they did that exact same scene. Yeah. But they did it CGI, and they did it with a wall that had, like, wallpaper on it. Okay. And it looked so fake. (laughs) It upset my poor little horror movie heart, because you would think that with times getting better and CGI and whatnot, that they would have been able to make that just look just as 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 good as it did in the 80s and they didn't it's like they messed it up and i i don't mean to say anything poor about the movie the movie was all right and everything but that one scene that you loved it was not done justice no yeah because actually it was really funny that because i i remember the the i don't i have not seen the newest freddy krueger movie because i did not hear very positive things about the reboot of it Mm-hmm. But the way that they talked, like when you saw the original, it looked like Freddy Krueger, like the whole wall was made of rubber and he was coming through. And then when she wakes up and it's almost like she had a feeling that he was coming through and she touches the wall, but it's made out of solid drywall and everything. Like there's nothing, no give to it whatsoever, like any push yeah. and this thing would break. So it was so creepy how, and like there was no scene cut. This was all done in one shot, so it was really well done for the 80s. So to hear that the remake with CGI and everything, it's like that uh, meme that goes around I've seen where it shows like old versus new, and uh, it has a YouTuber saying, it's evolving, but going backwards. Yeah, it almost felt that way for sure. So I definitely give props to uh, the original for that, because that... That was done spot on, and that scared the crap out of me as a kid. I was just like, oh, no, things can come through your walls now, too? You're not even safe with your back against the wall? Where are you going to hide? Exactly, right? Yeah. Uh, So that's actually really interesting how it goes to show that uh, horror movies leave quite the impression. Absolutely. Years and years later, you still remember that feeling of horror and dread. I mean, you said you saw the documentary type thing saying how they did it. Yeah. And it didn't take away from the magic, which makes it so amazing. No, it actually made it all the more magical, if anything, because then you're like, oh, that's super cool, and that's how they did that. Hmm. That's really interesting, and that's what made it look so realistic, right? And then, yeah, again, just to see the... To the special effects that were being used yeah. back in such like an early horror movie, uh, I want to say like a very infantile stage of the horror movie genres, because they again like they had 
very limited budgets, very low special effects abilities compared to nowadays. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that kind of pulls towards... Well, just really quick, let me ask you, what's your favorite horror movie? My favorite horror movie? Um, I'm going to have to say it is the very first Alien movie. Because that scene, um, like when they're crawling through the ship's air ducts, and because the whole ship's like it's it's three dimensional, like we right. all are, but they only they had a radar thing that sensed where the xenomorph and the guy, the captain guy or whatever with the makeshift flamethrower, he mm. was going through there, and they're like, move, move, you got to get out of there, it's right on top of you, and he's crawling through these air ducts, and he's like, where the hell is this thing? And then he points the flamethrower to like where the the opposite end of where the camera is to show the dark background behind him, and you see the xenomorph, and it just like screams at him and just makes you jump <laughs> and that scene right there was you know the whole you think you're safe you go to shine some light in the direction you can't see and there's the monster jump scare oh yeah like to <laughs> me like and i was a, i was a young kid when i saw these and i thought holy crap like yeah you know it was like it was 80s technology and everything and they did such a phenomenal job making that movie feel like, even though it was a colossal cargo ship in space, yeah. that claustrophobia was kicking in. You had no help coming. There was this thing that outpowered you, was faster than you, was, stealth, was so stealthy that motion sensor technology only worked moderately detecting this thing, and it just gave you this sense of absolute terror every time you went down a corridor. Every time you open a door, you have no idea what's going to be next. Well, and that's, yeah, that's the thing about that film is I think there was a certain sense of claustrophobia to begin with, and then you add these monsters in with it, and all of a sudden it's just like, oh, well now you're stuck in this thing and you're not safe anywhere, right? And stuff. Also, fun fact, I don't know if you knew this or not, but you might have because it is your favorite film, but when they filmed the scene where they're all in the room, yep, and it's like, I think it was the first guy who would kind of died or whatever, and the alien pops out of his chest? Yeah, the face hugger implanted <clears throat> the egg into his chest, and he had the chest burster. Yeah. Or buster. Um, they didn't tell any of the actors or actresses in that scene what was going to happen. Really? So their reactions in that scene are 100% genuine for being terrified. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that That's actually, uh, that's kind of funny, because... A lot of times, uh, it's the unscripted or unprepared act acting moments in a lot of movies, both horror and non-horror, mm -hmm. that you get some of the most best footage from people not knowing what's going to happen or not knowing <coughs> exact details and throwing a surprise their way. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that... Uh that well, that really paid off for sure. I don't know. I feel like if I was one of those actors or actresses in that that scene, I might have been a little peeved off about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure they they probably were at first, but then once they probably saw the footage and saw how great the whole scene was, that they were like, "Okay, we forgive you, but now now we're shaking our finger at you." <laughs> give me your hand. Let me give you a little smack. But you know. We get it. We get why you did it, but don't do it again. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, or uh, you're going to be paying for the therapy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, 
with the idea of, like, between both, like, fantasy or science fiction or even slasher horror movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people I, I know always say that they wouldn't do this or they would have done this differently and stuff. So, as the as a very, as the big nerd in the horror movie genre, how long do you think you would survive in a horror movie? Ooh, well, I think that depends on the type of horror movie. Well, let's start it off with our favorite category of the... You know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, like uh, in those mo- in those movies back in the eighties and stuff like that. Uh huh. How long do you think you would have survived as a teen? As a teen, I think I would have survived pretty good, pretty long. Um, first off, one of the main things that you don't do is you don't have sex. Yeah, well, that's I mean that's a good advice uh, you know for any teenager. Ab- well, absolutely, but definitely in those films because <laughs> I don't know if you ever noticed watching those films, but the people who were taken out first were the ones that were doing the usually hanky-panky. usually in the middle of the Hank Panky when they were getting killed. Yeah. So you definitely don't do that. Yeah. Secondly, um, you never say I'll be right back. <laughs> Famous last words like. Man, and damn, only uh, two weeks away from retirement. Yeah, exactly, right? You, you just don't point those kind of things out. But also, you just have to, like, try to be cunning. Like, one of my favorite, favorite, I guess, people who survived the longest throughout a horror movie series would have to be Jamie Lee Curtis's character in the Halloween. She played Laurie Strode. Oh, yeah. And she was able to, like, outmaneuver Mike Myers and, like, even when he cut her arm and he had her trapped in that closet. I mean, granted, like, the doctor came and shot him and that's how she got out of the closet situation. But she was able to, like, keep her wits about her and just do what she needed to do. She was trying to protect protect the children and she definitely, you know, I think she is a very good example of who you would want to follow. Right. And stuff. So I think if you took her example, if you had taken her example, you would probably do well. I mean, again, like, there's certain tropes, like we were saying, like, you know, and I, we laughed about it. But, I mean, if you ever watched the Scream movies. Yeah. Uh, which were also a Wes Craven movie, same as the Nightmare on Elm Street movies were. Um, the cliches of the whole... Uh, say, doing any kind of drugs, having sex, uh, basically anything that made you mischievous. Yeah, and like, uh, you know, there's the one guy who's the horror movie nerd, right, of the group, and he they're, they're telling him, like, you know, because they've got this killer going around their town, so they're like, how do we survive this, or whatever, how would you survive a horror movie? And he's, you know, he's saying, never say I'll be back, I'll be right back, never say this, don't have sex, don't do this. He's not wrong. Typically, the people who survive in horror movies were the pure, virginal-type people, right? Like, even Nightmare on Elm Street, Nancy survived yeah. the first the first film, right? And I don't recall her having too many uh, romantic interactions with other characters. Well, I mean, Johnny Depp, a young Johnny Depp was her boyfriend. Yeah, but they were very on the up and up, like, holding hands was uh, quite far... Like, they didn't, I don't think they even really kissed, did they? I can't remember. They might have shared a small little peck, but it wasn't... It was nothing that led to you to believe that their relationship had been anything overly intimate. Yeah, and stuff, for sure. So I definitely think uh, I would do okay. I also find myself a lot of times screaming at my TV screen to get up if you trip. 
Yeah. Don't try and crawl across the ground. Because that's so fast. <laughs> well, and as, yeah, if you've tripped and fallen, the last thing you want to do, especially with someone like Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees, who somehow seem to, no matter how fast you run, are right behind you, probably slowing down and trying to crawl your way across, like the wooded area that you have tripped on or the kitchen floor you've tripped on, trying to like get to the stairs or the door, probably don't do that and just get up. Yes, there is a chance that you may not make it, but you will probably make it better if you can get up and run. Yeah. It's almost like they've mastered that uh, kung fu movie uh, trope or cliche or whatever you want to call it, where you uh, like they hit somebody and the person goes flying, but they're so fast that they can run all the way around and ahead of the other person and then hit them again. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. I I tell you, especially because like it always shows them walking. Yeah, they must eat their wheaties or something in the morning before they get chasing the and killing. Because I tell you, they walk. You never see them run. Maybe I can't remember actually. Maybe you do see Jason run a couple times, but. You really, like, you never see Michael Myers run, and he is always, like, right behind you. You know? Yeah, it kind of adds to that sense of the whole, no matter what you do, no matter how far you run or where you hide, he's going to catch up to you. So it kind of kind of begs that question of fight or flight. Ha, huh, freeze. Freeze. <laughs> yeah, so in real life, I'm actually a person who freezes when I get scared. So I tend to stop breathing. Good way to play possum. <laughs> and just kind of freeze. So that's probably not helpful. So that might have been my downfall and what would have gotten me killed quite quickly in a horror movie is if I had just frozen. Not the trope of the girl sees the killer, screams at the top of her lungs, and then gets decapitated by, like, Jason or... Mike Myers. Oh, that probably would have been me, minus the scream. And if I had screamed, I definitely wouldn't do a good, like, Jamie Lee Curtis, scream queen kind of scream. I probably would have sounded like a man. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, the few times you've scared me, and I remember one time you scared me really good, I definitely sounded like a man when I did actually scream. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the high-pitched, ear-splitting scream. No. It was more of, uh, yeah... It's more of like a, oh. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, but yeah, I think I'd survive pretty good. How about you? Um, see, that's a tricky thing because depending on what uh, the thing is, like if we were talking Freddy Krueger or uh, Jason Voorhees type thing, I think I would probably die like in the first uh, 30, 40 minutes of the movie kind of thing. Mostly because, like, you know, they got the big 20 minutes of lore build up and who the, like, what the killer does and how they're, they, what, you know, everything. Yeah. But you always have that one guy who tries to fight it and that never goes well for him. No. And my usual instinct for most dangerous things is the fight instinct. Mm. And I mean, against some things, like, uh, if you were to go more into, like, a science fiction y horror movie, uh, that might work for a little bit, but as we all know, the person who runs towards the danger and tries to fight 
the monster, the villain, the, the serial killer, whatever, they usually don't last very long. Not without some kind of good plan. Not that I wouldn't try to come up with one, but, you know, it's like if I saw somebody or even a friend in danger, the self-preservation instinct would not last very long and I would definitely try to, you know, overpower, smash the something like a vase across the head of something and, you know, try to save the day and end up being the victim myself. Oh, really? See, I feel like if it were you and I, I'd push you in the way and just run. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it's good to know you have at least that kind of self-preservation instinct. You're like, no, 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 I trust you, I trust you, go get him, go get him. What? Uh, I'm you gonna got run. this. <laughs> I'm going to go. I got a GTFO now. <laughs> yeah. No, but I would definitely, I'm the same way too. Like, I do have that freeze, like I said, in real life. But I'd like to think that when it really counted, I would fight, you know. Especially if I saw a friend or or even just anyone, like, being attacked. I'd just be like, oh, what? No. Wait a minute. I'll use my non-kung fu <laughs> abilities on you. <laughs> yeah. It's always funny um, how that always seems to... Like, the person who has studied any martial arts, any self-defense training course or whatever, they do good for, like, all of ten seconds against something, and then it's just, like, the overwhelming power of uh, Jason Voorhees or Mike Myers or even Freddy Krueger is like, yeah, that was a fun little fight, but squish, you're mm. dead. Yeah, or they just end up in, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where that's all working well until he cuts your arm off with the chainsaw, and, well, then... Too bad. <laughs> yeah, that puts a whole new um, fr uh, meaning to the phrase, you've been disarmed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so, and there's going to be critics on uh, what's scarier on, like, books, movies, games, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? Like, what do you think is scarier between those three categories? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think they can all be scarier, I guess, in their own right, depending on what they are. Yeah. So, for me, I find if I watch, well, if I do any of them at night, especially by myself, it amplifies the scariness by, like, a hundredfold, right? Yeah. And stuff. Um, for me, I'd have to say that, I would say movies maybe are the scariest for me, just because you get right enveloped. Really? In that world, right? Yeah. But that being said, I mean, I've gone down the rabbit hole of reading, like, ghost stories yeah. or whatever, either on the internet or in some books that I've owned. Yeah. Um, Which you do have an impressive collection. I have seen your library, and it's... Oh, well, thank you. Um, yeah, and it's absolutely terrifying when you get down that rabbit hole and you're by yourself, or even just <laughs> talking about, like ghosts and scary stories with friends on the phone at night and I'm here by myself and I'm just like hmm well I have an hour until Owen gets home and I am terrified I guess I'm going to put on Barbie Life in the Dream House to, <laughs> <laughs> to offset the to, bowel yeah. evacuating horror that I'm experiencing absolutely so when you come home those nights after I've done that, and the, all the lights are on, and Barbie is on, and I'm sitting on the couch with, like... The blanket completely cocooning you. Absolutely. And, like, some a big candle or something right next to me that I could throw at something. That's why. <laughs> <laughs>
That, that hasn't happened a lot, but I recall a few times that it has, and it's been kind of that, I've scratched my head thinking, are you okay? And then you explain to me and thinking, oh yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, that's actually interesting because I have a little bit of a different take on the scary uh, stories versus movies versus books, mm-hmm. or uh, games, as that uh, growing up, I used to camp at a place called Green Acres out by Pine Lake. Yeah. And... Me and some friends, like, yeah, you know, it's like it was always fun to sit around the campfire at the end of the night. You know, it's dark out, the campfire's roaring, and, uh, you know, we, we share some, like, fun stories, but then sometimes we really decide to scare, share ghost stories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, it would always make the walk home from somebody's trailer uh, a little more interesting, yep. but it never really got me thinking, like, oh my god, what was that shadow moving or whatever. Uh, it didn't really get me, mostly because, well... As some people might know, I'm not a big believer in ghosts or demons, mm-hmm. but, you know, not to say it didn't get the adrenaline pumping. And But re- watching movies, I do get really, like, uh, enveloped into them, like you were saying, mm-hmm. but I think the true immersion of video games, because it's not you're not just watching some character uh, or actor or actress saying the lines, going through the motions, and, you know, it, it's... For the first time watching, you're kind of scared because it's a scary scene and you picture yourself as that person. Because mm-hmm. in, mo- in most stories and stuff, you always picture yourself as the protagonist, the main character, and think, like, how, like if you were in that situation, how scary it would be. The To me, the video games, mm-hmm. the Silent Hill, the Resident Evil... And all the other, all many, many other games that have been created in the horror genre, mm-hmm. they always um, really get you going. Because now it's not just you're watching, you're interacting. Your decisions make the difference between life and death. Mm-hmm. And it you you really get a sense of you are that character. So when something bad happens and the character dies, it is truly horrifying, especially if the jump scare is done right. Yeah, no, definitely. I can understand that. And I get that, too. And I have definitely, on more than one occasion, been, you know, left with the heebie-jeebies after playing a video game. And it's funny that you mention that, because when I was a teenager, actually, I had, uh, I was coming home from school, so it was, like, bright out, early afternoon. Yeah. You know, whatever. And I was coming home, and I had, I think, left my keys at home or something. So, I had to ring the doorbell when I got home, and my brother and his friend were playing Silent Hill, Okay. It had just, like, come out, and they had rented it. They were, like I, I said before, he's four years older than me, so he was old enough to rent the game. Yeah. Now, for those of you not old enough to remember, there used to be a place uh, called uh, Video Stores, where you would go and rent movies and video games. <laughs> it, it's a very archaic way. Um, nowadays, you just download stuff online. But back in the day, you had to go from your house to the video store mm-hmm. and pick up these things if you want to just play them for a little bit or watch <laughs> them without owning them. Exactly. Netflix has kind of taken away from that, but I feel like has made, uh, you know, getting a lot of that material all in one heaping scoop a lot easier. Yeah, it's definitely more convenient for the movie watching, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, I've definitely found that... Uh, so anyway, we, we were... They had gone, we didn't live far from the video store, so they had walked down there, my dad had left him some money or whatever, or he had used his allowance, whatever, to rent um, this game, Silent Hill. And so I came home, 
and I rang the doorbell, and the balcony door was open. Um, <laughs> all of a sudden I hear this, holy shit, what was that? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Perfect timing. Yep, and they came to the door to let me in, and my brother's just like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I left my keys. And he's like, well, you don't have to scare us. And I'm like, well, I didn't mean to. <laughs> and stuff or whatever. It was really funny. And then I went upstairs and, uh, like, I went in and whatever. And I just instantly got enveloped in that game. And it was, but it was so funny to see how, how badly I had scared them in the afternoon by ringing the doorbell while they were playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those cases of... Uh... It's a, it's a, you couldn't have planned it better, or it couldn't have happened better even if you planned it. Exactly. Because, yeah, actually, that uh, right. does remind me, though, of a funny little story. Uh, you mentioned the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Um, out camping at Pine Lake. So, one of my friends, his parents had the movie, and his sister and a bunch of her friends, uh, all these girls were watching the movie, and his mom... I got to give her credit. She was genius for pulling this off. I love this story every time I tell it. Mm-hmm. She so they were watching the scenes and every the suspense was building up and she knew about this and then so there's uh, a, there was a couch on this one side of the trailer and there's a window right by it. And of course it was left open to air through and make sure that the trailer didn't get too stale with all this heavy breathing. Mm-hmm. And the girls were all like wrapped themselves in blankets and super terrified. And then right when the horror scene happened, she like slams her hands on the walls and screams into the thing. And all the girls, I swear, jump like three feet off that couch, <laughs> loud screams. And me and my buddy were just in tears laughing. Well, the girls exa- didn't exactly like how we enjoyed their trauma, <laughs> but in the moment, it was one of those things where, you know, it was a well-done prank. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds that sounds great, um, for sure. And even to follow up with that, uh, my grandmother was actually a really good uh, one with this. Do you ever remember a series called Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> yes. That was a Canadian series, by the way. Yeah, and I remember a lot of times when I was being babysat by my grandparents and I had two of my cousins uh, sometimes with me there we would be watching it and it, like I just remember it being dark out and the only light was coming from the TV and we were all sitting on the couch scared and my Nana she would have her hands come over the couch and just like grab onto one of our shoulders and of course we're like I think between the age groups of like four and seven somewhere mm. in that ballpark and just, it was the most horrifying, terrifying thing, because we're getting so enveloped in this in this TV series, and yeah. she did this so well, and, she, and the thing was, because like, like, we're young little kids and everything, she did it a few times, not all the time, but enough times that we kind of got used to it and ready to expect it, but she'd always do it on an off day, so it would scare us quite well. And yeah, it was, it was those moments where you, it's, uh, it was that big adrenaline, heart racing scare, mm-hmm. but there was no real danger. Yeah. And that's, I think that's one of the things that really adds to the love of those horror movies. Yeah, I can, uh, I can attest to that too. My dad used to do something similar, except for he did it almost every time. And it got me every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he would switch which one of us he did that to. 
So he would do that to me one time, and the next time we were watching a horror movie, he'd do it to John, and back and forth, right, and stuff. So we never knew who was going to, who he was going to do that to, but we always, and it did, it it would make us jump. Sometimes it would make both of us jump. And uh, he, I mean, we'd always laugh and stuff about it afterwards, but yeah, it was like, oh my God, I'm going to have a heart attack. Oh no, it's okay, it's just dad. Yeah, (laughs) it's in the moment you're imagining that the monster is real and it's come to get you. Oh, absolutely, and it didn't matter, it seemed it didn't matter if it was a slasher film, a, you know, a sci-fi, a horror, or if it was a, like, kind of ghost fantasy, I guess, or whatever. Some people would say fantasy, some people would say real <laughs> um, <laughs> ghosts we'll, are we'll, real. We'll save that for later. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it didn't matter. It it would scare us nonetheless, and yeah, so it's definitely. But it did. It added to the fond memories for sure of watching horror movies. Uh, I'm definitely glad you don't do that now, though, <laughs> <laughs> to me because I don't know at this age if my heart could take that anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, it's one thing to do it uh, for fun. But doing it constantly, I think, would just, it wouldn't, wouldn't be as enjoyable. Well, and not only that, but you already scare me when we watch horror movies without even meaning to. Okay, the one time we were watching, uh, what was it called, Grandma? Or, uh, yeah, I think it was called Grandma. Anyways, so there was a scene where you see the old lady, she's standing completely, like, you know, looking at the little girl, and she says, like, Grandma, are you Okay. And, like, she looks like she's just completely mannequined. No motion. Like, stares at the girl for, like, five seconds straight. And then just goes into this berserk run, full sprint, like, scream and everything. And it's a real good jump scare type moment. That scared the daylights out of me. And then, of course, later that night, I was checking something at the sink. Uh, I can't remember what it was. I think it was to make sure that the faucet wasn't leaking. I think you grabbed a drink and then you were just making sure that you turned it off and it wasn't leaking. Yeah, and because I wasn't moving because I wanted to hear and make sure everything was fine, you immediately got scared and thought I was going to pull the same thing that the grandmother did. Well, yeah, what else would I expect? We just watched a film. It was an M. Night Shyamalan film. Grandma might have been the name, but it might have been something else. I don't quite remember. Um, But yeah, it was the one about the old couple. And, yeah, the kids go to visit them, and all of a sudden the grandma at night is very, very, very creepy. Yeah, it's like when the sun goes down, the crazy comes out. (laughs) Oh, you could say that. That movie scared the bejesus out of me. And, uh, yeah, I definitely thought that you were going to pull something. And then I think later that night, I got up to go to the bathroom. Yep. And I came out of the bathroom, and you weren't on the couch anymore. And I got mm. so scared, and I was just like, oh my god, Owen, where are you? Because it was dark in the apartment. And you were like, I'm over here getting a drink. And I'm like, why are you making any noise? <laughs> why would you do that to me? My poor heart. It's like, I'm sorry I don't stomp around with uh, spurs on my heels. So this way you can hear every, you know, footstep. <laughs> well, we definitely need to make sure we get bells on your shoes or your... Ankles. Ankles before we watch another horror movie, that's for sure. Because you just have this uncanny way of scaring me without meaning to. Yeah, like, uh, it's kind of a bad habit that I picked up ever since uh, early high school days, where I would, as they would say, I would just ghost. And it, like, 
a lot of high school friends of mine would be we'd be like walking down a hallway or chatting about something and I would go step away to go grab something you know just forgot I had to take care of something at the moment I'd step away for 10 seconds nobody would know people would notice that I was gone but they didn't know where I went and then I'd pop up on you know somewhere else and say so what I miss and it would scare some of the other people and it wasn't because like you know I was trying to be spooky it was just I don't see a reason to stomp my feet around every time I walk because then I'll sound like I'm angry. <laughs> but for some reason, it's like I've just got this ability to walk without making too much noise, especially um, if somebody's not paying attention. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just kind of been that whole thing where it's not that I'm like, you know, some stealth master expert or anything. It's just being quiet when nothing's really going on, it's like, I don't really see a reason to start whistling Dixie everywhere I, when I go somewhere. See, and I beg to differ. I think you are a master of stealth because even when we haven't watched a horror movie, in the middle of the day, all of a sudden you can just... Up here? Up here. Out of nowhere. <laughs> and you scare the crap out of me every time you do it. And I'm just like, oh my god. And then you act surprised. Like, oh, how did I scare you? How did you not scare me with your ghosting, as you will, <laughs> around the apartment like that? My God. Um, well, what can I say? It's just one of those things where I, I just walk. It's I don't know <laughs> what I do that's so special about it. And like I said, it's I don't whistle Dixie or I don't have spurs on my feet or something. And uh, yeah, there's it's just one of those things that has been kind of a trait that I've not worked on. But I've never tried to, like, carry a cowbell around my neck. Well, and in full disclosure, and just to be, make you not feel maybe so bad or make you sound so bad, I am a jumpy person, and most people freak me out when they come around me. (laughs) That is very true, Um, and I have seen that firsthand. It just gets worse when we do see a good horror movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Well, so I kind of have a question, though. So we've been talking about good horror movies, good scary things that have happened in real life. What would you consider the biggest bomb of a horror movie? Uh, um, there's been a few, for sure. Um, one, I guess, I w- would say in the last, I don't know, five years, maybe? Yep. Five, six years that I've seen that I was definitely really not happy with. Um, it wasn't a bad movie, but the ending was really horrible, was Mama. Oh, yeah. We went and saw that in the theater. Yes. And it was really, really good right up till the ending. And then the ending was so disappointing. It just left you wanting more. It, but not in a good way. But not in a, well, you just wanted them to do it differently, I guess. Is you wanted them to do it properly. <laughs> you wanted it to be like a, like um, an end to like... What was that one where the guy was in the images and... Uh, was it Sinister or Insidious? Yeah, Sinister. Yeah, where it was like... At the end of those movies, oh. those movies ended off so well. Like was it was it Bloomhouse? Yeah, um, those, I believe so. Yeah, I've never been disappointed with uh, the company Bloomhouse with any of their productions. Mm-hmm. They have always done an amazing job with um, building up suspense and creating a horror situation that really immerses you. And yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Mama because uh, as disappointing as that movie was. Personally, um, I find a lot of times, sometimes things don't translate or come across culturally very well. Uh And this brings me to the movie that I think was the biggest 
uh, bomb, uh, like I guess, I guess you could say flop of a horror movie. Yeah. Was have you ever seen The Ring? Oh, of course I've seen The Ring. Now I'm not sure how you feel about it, but I felt that movie very underdelivered. The only scene I actually jumped in that whole movie was actually when she was on a computer uh, doing research, and then they were going to do a screen change, but they do it with a loud um, ship foghorn type thing. And it was just this, like, you know, like, suspense is building. She's getting all the information about this ghost and the tragedy and everything. And then just a loud burr when it was so quiet made me jump. The rest of the movie was kind of like, okay, there's some creepiness. There's some unsettling things in there. But it just, there was no real good, like, urgency, emergency type uh, horror situations that made it feel like, this is down to the wire, or this is like a like you know the girl crawls out of a TV screen for crying out loud. That was terrifying. It was terrifying, but she's crawling out of a TV screen like we were saying about don't crawl away from the the serial the monster killer or whatever. It's like same thing with her. She's crawling out. You can outrun someone crawling. You probably can, but she's also a ghost. So I feel like you turn around and start running away, and she's just gonna appear right in front of you. Yeah, but I mean that—that's what you—that's when you give her a good sucker punch. And Anyways, that was a creepy little girl ghost, by the way. Zara was so creepy. You know what? Just run a brush through her hair, maybe show her some sunlight. Boom! She is a beautiful little pageant girl. <laughs> Anywho, that—that that was my personal uh, di- like disappointment as far as any horror movie goes. Right. So, in the last few years, what has been your like? Because we talked about ones that were kind of older that were our favorites. What's your favorite, like, newer, I guess, horror movie? Favorite newer? Um, you know, I'm going to have to go with um, the, what was it, Sinister? Yeah. The ones where, like, he was in the pictures yeah. and stuff. Yeah, because to me, that's like a mixture of Deadpool meets Freddy Krueger. Because Deadpool's thing is that he breaks the fourth wall, mm. and he talks to the audience, and everybody else around him in the movies or t- TV shows or comic books are like, "Dude, you're talking to thin air. What's are are you okay? Are you having a problem?" And you know, Deadpool just kind of plays it off as nothing, but you know, he knows what's real, what's fake. Like he knows yeah. everything. But and the part that makes it Freddy Kruegerish is that he uses like Freddy Krueger uses your dreams to kill you. Whereas the sinister guy, he comes through the images and kills you that way. So it kind of like through a a sense of you're not sure what images to look at because any images of him become him. Mm -hmm. Any movie, sound, pictures, doesn't matter. He uses those as a portal in a way Mm -hmm. to come and get you, which is even worse than falling asleep and fighting Freddy Krueger in your dreams because... This guy can now get you while you're awake. Mm-hmm. So, you, to me, it's like, I can't really say which one of those movies, because didn't they do, like, three, I think? Yeah, and, two or three. And, yeah, between all of those, it was more of the concept really got me, like, enthralled in it and so scared that I thought, wow, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't something that was, like, overly new. Like, I, you know, it was derivative of some things, mm-hmm. but... It's just the way that they built the characters, the lore, the way that the killings happened and everything mm-hmm. really gave you a sense of dread. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you that that was a very, very creepy movie. I think my favorite, like, newer kind of movie 
<coughs> I would have to say would be, um, hmm, it's kind of a tie between, like, Insidious and Conjuring. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, The Conjuring, I'm not very familiar with the whole premise of that movie, so how did that go? Well, that was a movie where a family was being haunted in a house. Oh. And they brought in... It's based on true events. And I do that with air quotes because... <laughs> I mean, the family definitely says it happened and whatnot. But so the characters in them are based on real people. Yeah. And they actually bring in these... Um, Ghost Hunters. The Warnicks? Warrens. Or Warrens. Yeah. Ed and Lorraine Warren, and Ed was the only, like, non-priest guy who was ever ordained to be able to do, um... An exorcism? Exorcisms, yeah. And stuff, and Lorraine was, like, a psychic. And they bring them in, and they, you know, they work on that haunting or whatever and help solve it and stuff, and that was kind of the premise of the first one. And then the second one had to do with a little girl in England... Okay. who was being haunted and possessed a bit. Like, they both kind of had to do with possession as well, because there was, like, a possession in the first one. Yeah. And then this little girl as well was kind of... I don't know that I necessarily want to say she was being possessed, but definitely the ghost was, like, talking through her, which is creepy. Um, <laughs> and stuff. And again, Ed and Lorraine came in and, you know, were able to, like, work the case and whatnot and stuff. But the funny thing about The Conjuring too that I wanted to add is um this was i mean they're they're older movies i haven't seen if they've made more conjurings i haven't seen them yet and i know insidious i think i've only seen the first or the second maybe the second one as well but they're definitely great movies and i do want to catch up on them i just hadn't had the time um and stuff but when i was watching the conjuring 2 my brother was actually just for work like he was staying here for a couple of days because it was just easier than commuting and uh so we had decided to watch the conjuring 2 and we put that on and we're watching it and all of a sudden this like storm kind of starts coming in or whatever the best time to watch horror movies best time to watch horror movies and uh, we're sitting here watching it and all of a sudden out of nowhere i don't know if it was like the wind or just something in the air had slightly changed because maybe of the storm I, and the lightning or whatever, and thunder, but all of a sudden the dishes in the dish rack, like, moved? Like, they settled, or they, I don't know, shifted, and it made the loudest noise, and we both jumped so high. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best thing ever. We both were just like, oh my god, what is going on? <laughs> and stuff, and then, so that made, I don't know, that added to the atmosphere of the film, so perhaps that's could be why that's, like, one of my favorite newer films. Is just having that, like, shared experience with my brother of both of us at the same time. Just being like, holy crap, are you wearing your brown pants? <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that you do your business in the washroom before watching these movies. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just to reiterate on something that you talked about with The Conjuring 2, with a little doll talking to someone. Was it? No, that's uh, Annabelle. Okay. But she doesn't talk. She's just like a doll that moves around and stuff. Okay, uh, sorry, I thought you were saying, like, a doll talked to some kid or something. No, it was like a ghost was, like, possessing. Oh, okay. I was going to say, um, just a PSA here. If you, if anyone experiences a doll or inanimate object uh, speaking to you, 
please contact some authorities because that is not natural. <laughs> you know, get get help. It doesn't matter what the help is. Just just try to you know don't don't do what I would do and try to figure it out on your own. Well, and I feel like your PSA is very rele- relevant because even in Annabelle, although she didn't talk, she would write notes, and she had told them that she was a little girl named Annabelle, when really she, she- was a demon. So, if a form or entity from another realm is telling you that it is a little girl or child, and that it just wants to be your friend, it probably doesn't. What? Right. You're saying that uh, if a little, what is it, uh, those old dolls that had the glass heads and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. If uh, they started writing down notes and saying they wanted to have a tea party and wanted to have a feast of your entrails and stuff, that, you know, you shouldn't befriend (laughs) those things? I mean, I think you're, yeah, uh, the first, I think the first sign that that's bad is the feast of entrails. Well, you know, that's that's for dessert. You know, that's later <laughs> on in the evening. Yeah, and, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. Now, I also do feel like for many people, when I do say fantasy, uh, horror movies, I'm referring to stuff that is more um, spectral or, you know, things like ghosts, demons, um, anything that's, like, supernatural in a way. I just say fantasy to round it off as, like, a general category, not to dismiss, like, not to make it sound whimsical or that I'm, like, trying to put it down. You're My, not making fun of people who believe in ghosts. I'm not. I'm just, I'm just trying to summarize it up because, like, uh, sci-fi, you know, there's all kinds of things that can be put into that category, but when you break it down, there's all kinds of categories. So, yeah. you know, it, it's one of those things where it's, just because something might have a whimsical name on it does mm. not mean that uh, it's not taken seriously. No. And, and yeah, it's good that you say that because I definitely know that, but we want to make sure our listeners know that, you know, no matter what, we're not trying to make fun of the stuff like that or whatever because I know I definitely believe in ghosts, so if he was making fun of that, then he's going to have to answer to that when we're done recording. <laughs> yeah, here comes the... I can see the... BuzzFeed Unsolved, the ghost mysteries and stuff. Yeah. We're going to, yeah, there'll be definitely a marathon of, you know, ghost sightings and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So, um. Yeah, I think that was a, a good episode. It covered a lot of the scary stuff and threw a lot of good humor onto it. Absolutely. And I definitely think in the future we'll probably delve into some of these horror movies a little bit more. You know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Poltergeist. uh, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, Halloween, Saw, those kind of movies. Like, they're just so in-depth and there's so many of them that it's just really hard to try and cover everything like that in one episode. So we'll probably end up doing some individual episodes on some horror movies. But we just wanted to do an episode kind of on our feelings towards horror movies, just as a general category. Yeah, I love horror movies and so I could literally sit here for probably about I don't know, three days and talk about horror movies and stuff, so... But don't worry, we won't uh, make, you know, three days worth of episodes just on horror movies. Yeah, we won't (laughs) inflict that on you, I promise. (laughs) I will save all of you from that. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening, and we hope uh, everybody got a good laugh throughout all of this, uh, even if you got some chills. And just remember, no matter what your thing is or what you're into, at the end of the day... We're all just a little nerdy. Thanks, everybody.